Hey guys, we're so excited to share this message with you on the Center Set podcast. My name is Ethan and I lead worship here at Center Set. We'd love for you to download our app so that you can keep up with all that is happening in our community. Text Center Set to 77977 to download. I wanted to be Superman so badly when I was a kid that I actually convinced myself that I was Superman. And I know that sounds like childhood fantasy, but let me just give you a few illustrations to show you how much I was convinced that I was Superman. Uh, My mom tells me this because I was too young to remember, but there was this one moment when she looked out of our front living room window and saw me, little Joey, standing in the middle of the street with my hand out to an oncoming truck who wasn't seeing me. She was able to rush outside of the front door, run into the street, and do what we've seen in movies where she like grabs me and then we topple to the other side of the street. And what she told me later was my response to her was, Mom, why are you so worried? I'm Superman. <laughs> so yeah, I was convinced I was Superman. Uh, just one more story around that. I, I, would, I would stand in our front yard and there was a fire hydrant in our front yard and I would jump off the fire hydrant and time myself from the time I jumped to the time I hit the floor to see how much closer I was getting to flight because I was convinced at some point, maybe it was going to be puberty, all of the superpowers were going to kick in because I, again, was <laughs> Superman. I was really hoping that somewhere way down deep inside, I had superpowers beyond those of mortal men. The reason I bring up that story is the people who claim to follow Jesus, and I know there's some people watching this that claim to follow Jesus, claim that God's Spirit has moved into their lives in such a way that they have ability and capacity and perspective that they wouldn't have without the Spirit of God living in their lives. And I wouldn't blame you if you hear that, you're not a Jesus follower, and you think that sounds a little crazy or maybe at least juvenile. But here's what I want to clarify as I get into what I want to share with you today. All that Jesus meant when he said that the Spirit of God moves into into people's lives is simply this. The Spirit is God's presence in your life so that you can live God's purpose for your life. Again, the Spirit of God is God's presence in your life so that you can live out God's purposes for your life. Bold Church. My name is Joseph Barkley. I'm an executive coach, um, but I have also helped start two churches in Los Angeles. I often help church leaders and church starters do big things and and accomplish big things that they sense God has called them to do. I first met Yasmin and Ali about uh, seven years ago now. My wife and I met them and we were going through some assessment to figure out if we should start churches. And I immediately had a profound respect and an admiration for, for your leaders. Um, and in addition to that, <laughs> I just really like them. Uh, you are so fortunate to have leaders who uh, are believe big things of God, who risk big things for God, who are honest about uh, their own weaknesses so that God could be stronger, uh, who are always willing to, to follow him if he's calling them to do something, and in t- on top of all that, who are a blast to be with. Not everybody is fortunate enough to be led by people like that. So count yourself really, really fortunate. If you're not somebody who's a part of Bold Church yet and you're in the Bay Area, you absolutely have to check them out um, or at least check out more of their content online because it is powerful. This is going to post on what you and Bold Church call Sabbath Sunday. I love this. You're taking a break from gathering in person for one weekend, but also you might be seeing this um, months, years from when it's originally posted. I hope it's valuable for you. 
And so even though I was given permission to speak on anything in on this Sabbath Sunday, I know that you're also going through several excerpts from a really incredible letter, one of the most famous letters ever written, most often quoted letters ever written. And it was a letter written to a church that was in a city called Corinth 2,000 years ago, and it is packed full of great insights for people who are trying to do big things and believe that God is capable of doing big things. And today I want to ask, as I look into another excerpt from this letter, I want to ask if it's true that God's Spirit moves into people's lives so that we can accomplish God's purposes for our lives, what superhuman abilities may you be capable of? Or maybe more specifically, what out-of-the-ordinary capacity do you is manufactured into your life? Are you destined to live out if you would trust that to God? Again, you may not believe that that's something that happens to people, but if you could just suspend disbelief for a second, is it possible that there is some superhuman quality that's just waiting to be awakened in your life? So what if I told you, what if I told you that I don't care who you are, how you feel, what you believe right now, what you've tried, there are just two simple steps that I'm gonna talk about in the next few minutes, that two simple steps you could take right now, you don't even have to move very far, that will begin to unlock the superpower. Maybe that would be helpful. It's so easy for us to get confused about all this stuff, particularly with how superstitiously people often talk about it. Are there really special God-given abilities? And if so, what are they? How could I unlock mine? How could you unlock yours? So I wanna eavesdrop in on this church, this church in Corinth. And one of the things that you have to know about this church so that you understand why this part was written in the letter to this church is that they were getting really, really hung up about these powers. Um, in fact, it became a source of division in the church. Some people they thought had them, some people didn't have them, so those people must be closer to God and other people aren't. Uh, there were people who were ordinary people and people who were extraordinary people. So the guy who started this church, who doesn't live there anymore, a guy named Paul, he writes this part of the letter to clarify in verse four of chapter 12. Listen, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. Uh, and there in the original Greek, that word for gift is literally the word charisma, which is a word we use all the time. And the root of that word is just the word charis, which is the Greek word for grace. In other words, getting something that you didn't deserve. So what it literally means is everybody has a gift that they didn't earn. They didn't have to earn. They didn't have to qualify for it. You're just been, you've been given this gift. God gives you and he gives me and everybody you've ever heard of a rare charisma. It's a rare spark. It's part of what people notice when they notice you or what they think of when they think about you. And they might not know how to describe it, but there's something that makes you uniquely you, okay? It's a power, again, that you didn't earn. You didn't have to qualify for it. It's just given to you. It was imprinted on your life from the day that you were conceived. Um, you might not use it much. You might not have activated it much, but it's there, okay? Now, what makes it spiritual is actually really logical. Uh, Again, when we turn our lives over to God, whether you trust this or not right now, He has promised that He would infuse you with His Spirit. So that thing that naturally was baked into your personality now is infused with a out-of-the-ordinary capacity. So you have something that draws our attention to you, but God's Spirit is able to not just draw attention to you, but actually to exponentially impact the lives of other people around you. Um, so in other words, it's possible that the thing that draws attention to you doesn't just have to end with you. It can go further than just you. It might be something that is 
you have so naturally that you get employed doing it. You're certainly applauded for doing it. People seek you out to provide it in their lives, but you don't have to be the only person benefiting from this knack that you have, this charisma that you have. So here's the simplest way that I know how to describe this. A spiritual gift is the way you most naturally draw attention to God. Again, you have a gift that could draw attention to you, but a spiritual gift is the way that you most naturally can have the potential to draw attention to God. So what are some of these supernatural gifts? Paul gives us a partial list. It's not all of the gifts possible, but here's some ways to get started with your thinking and maybe even start to identify where you land in this. Verse eight of 1 Corinthians 12. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Okay, maybe you know somebody like that. I hope you do. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Uh, So some unique insight. The same spirit gives great faith to another. Now, everybody has faith in their lives, but this is an extra measure of faith when you can most naturally or almost instinctively ask if something or act rather, act if something is entirely true uh, that you believe. Um, and some have a different dose, almost an unusual measure of trust in God. In fact, you might be led by a couple of people who have an unusual dose of trusting that God could do this. Um, Again, special knowledge, uh, great faith to someone else, it says the one spirit gives the gift of healing. Now the special knowledge part of it, just to give you an example, my wife, I believe has this spiritual gift or has exercised it from time to time. Now she has a lot of questions still uh, about life and she's not sure of absolutely everything. Um, but she often is extremely insightful for people. She'll give them something that nobody else is telling them or notice something that nobody else is noticing. I also believe that she has the spiritual gift of faith, um, that oftentimes she just has a certain sort of reliance and grounding in the fact that God exists, uh, that God is good, that God loves her. Um, She doesn't really doubt his goodness or his power, even though she's still got plenty of curiosities about, you know, plenty of answers like we all do because she's got a brain in her head. Paul goes on with the list. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. Yeah, he says that in there. And another, the ability to prophesy. Now this one gets misunderstood often. Usually prophecy, especially when it's brought up in the pages of the Bible, is more about bringing up an inconvenient truth than it is about having some psychic perspective of the future. There are examples of that for sure. But most often somebody who's prophetic has the ability to bring up something that's like, you gotta hear this even if you don't wanna hear it. Um, He gives someone else, it goes on to say, the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Like, huh, is this something that God would say? Or does this sound just like something you're saying? Or you have an agenda behind this? Or there might even be some deceit in that. There's people who just have an intuitive sense of the source of information. Goes on, still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. Hmm while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Now, what this can mean, and we certainly see examples throughout the Bible, is some people, it means, this could mean speaking French when you don't know French. Um, I've actually experienced some of that firsthand, not me personally doing it, but witnessing somebody speak Spanish who otherwise did not know Spanish. Um, And hey, that would be crazy if you saw that happening. Huh, that'd be curious what's going on there. Um, but I'm going to be honest, in context of way, the way Paul is talking about it, it might seem even crazier because that's not what he's talking about. What Paul seems to be saying here literally is speaking in language that no human speaks, an unknown language. Uh, and listen, if angels exist, for instance, 
they probably communicate somehow. Every time I see them depicted in movies, they have a British accent and they speak English. <laughs> I don't assume that if there's this species that exists other than human, that they speak in, a, in, in my language, for instance, or they sound like me. So maybe they communicate and it's in their language. Uh, maybe God does this from time to time, if you can understand it. He'll allow one of us to speak in a language that no other human exists, just kind of a wake-up call for as a wake-up call for the people around us that there's more than meets the eye. There's more than what's going on than what you're comfortable with or what you're used to. Maybe to do that from time to time, he'll have someone speak in one of those languages. But Paul really quickly, who probably has had firsthand experience with this, really quickly brings up, hey, listen, there should be somebody there who also has this gift of interpreting what the heck is going on. Otherwise, I don't blame you for thinking like, well, that's just gibberish. And somebody's claiming that it's God speaking through them or, or God is giving them a special ability. There is also an order to it to say, listen, God is not trying to create confusion. He's not trying to um, create distrust in a community, but actually increase, enhance the amount of trust you have in someone and maybe increase the amount of expectation you have that there's more going on than what you're used to. And so that often is how I, I believe and I've experienced God using this kind of unusual language. Okay, I know I geeked out on that for a second. Thanks for tr tracking with me and going to school a little bit on it. This is not an exhaustive list, right? In other places, you'll see Paul mentioning gifts of teaching and of coaching and reconciliation with division that nobody seems to be able to reconcile. You see people with gifts of extra generosity uh, above and beyond just what is so human and noble about all of us and our generosity. You'll, you'll see those listed as superpowers that some people have. So the question that I have uh, for myself and might be helpful is if God's handing out superpowers, well, how do I get one? <laughs> like, how do I get one of these special abilities? I wanna be Superman. I wanna see if I'm any closer to flight jumping off this fire hydrant. Well, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news, which is actually good news, but it might sound like bad news at the beginning. Verse 11, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all of these gifts, okay? He alone decides which gift each person should have. This question is, how do I get a superpower? The good news is you already have one. That's the good news. God gave you a charisma whether you believe that God gave it to you or God exists or not, you have it. The bad news, which is not actually bad, is you don't get to choose. And I know sometimes you want to, you might see the gifts and talents of other people, the abilities of other people, and be like, I wish I was more like her. I wish I had more of what he has. And that's okay to have a longing, a jealousy, an admiration for what somebody else has, but you don't get to choose the gift that you have, okay? The truth is, the truth is that maybe you wouldn't even want to choose another gift than the one that you already have. And by taking too much time trying to be like somebody else, you're actually postponing the benefit that you could be to the world and the joy that you could experience by exercising your gift. You know, there's actually this sociological test, maybe you've heard of it, where you are asked to choose between two superpowers. You can choose whether or not, if you had a superpower, would you want to be invisible or would you want the power of flight? And the answer that people choose often tells the, the person studying them a lot more about that person. Um, it, it, it reveals the person that you hope to be or the person that you fear you really are. For instance, uh, if a lot of people choose, if somebody chooses flight, I want the power of flight, then 
often they also have aspirational goals for what they hope is true of them, that they see themselves as kind of the superhero that saves the day and flies through the air, or they hope they have experiences of, wow, wouldn't it be amazing to fly and see the beauty of the world, uh, you know, thousands of feet under me. But often when people choose uh, invisibility, they have a certain fear or a concern that like, yeah, I wanna do some things nefarious. I want, I'm really motivated to do things that I hope nobody sees, you know, so. It's interesting, the gifts that we long for, or we're jealous of, what that may reveal about our motives and about our character. Now, in my more noble moments, for me personally, I really wish that my superpower was prophecy so that I could say something that would blast through all the hateful ideas that are swirling around me. Um, I often have exercised those gifts before. Um, I, I have seen that that's possibly one of the gifts that I have. And again, in my more noble or generous moments, I want that to be used for the benefit of people around me. You might wish that your superpower was teaching, right? Uh, maybe you wish it was teaching because selfishly you would like to have a platform. But maybe you wish it was teaching so that you could help people think more critically about things than you feel like they are, or critically about the headlines that they're seeing. So you would hope them, you, you wanna help people understand uh, how they can think about all the different input that they're getting. Uh, you might wish that your superpower was the languages um, so that you could prove that there is someone greater than ordinary life. Like that would be great to create that experience for people in your family or people in your network. Uh, you might wish right now that your spiritual gift was healing uh, because of things that you're going through or someone around you is suffering through on a physical or maybe in an emotional health level. You wish that you had spiritual gifts of healing. But I don't want you to think, whatever you wish you had, I don't want you to think that you don't have enough to do the miraculous. It may not be the miracle you want to exercise through your life, but you have something that is necessary for a miracle. Jump down to verse 22. Some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. I really want you to sit with that. Some parts of the body that maybe we would assess are weaker. Maybe you think you, you yourself, you don't have a lot to offer. My gift is kind of, eh. maybe you think it's not as important. Actually, at times, become the most necessary. Uh, X-Men, <laughs> and I love watching every iteration of, of X-Men. X-Men envisions this world where humans have evolved to a point where some of them have superpowers. And all of the ones this, this X-Men seem to have seem to be totally fantastic, right? All the X-Men have things like controlling the weather or bending metal with their mind. Um, and maybe in the X-Men reality, that is the only kind of superpower we can evolve to have. Or <laughs> I've often thought just comically to myself, maybe Xavier just never invited people who mutated with more practical supernatural abilities, like really, really good morning breath or, <laughs> or or being punctual, like, eh, it's not really much of a superpower like that would welcome you into this academy. You know, like, ah, oh, but I'm an X-Men too. Like, quiet, quiet, nobody cares about your origin story. <laughs> You're somebody who's just like supernaturally always on time. But seriously, in the kingdom of God, there's no such thing as an insignificant gift. Everybody is welcomed into the academy. Everybody gets to be included, nurtured, implemented for the benefit of people around them. So just because you don't have somebody else's gift or what you perceive as the level of somebody else's gifting does not mean that you need anything different than you already have. Or uh, we don't need you. The people around you don't need you. You might wish that you were a big bicep, you know, to use the body metaphor. 
but what would a bicep be if it didn't have a, a tiny little eye to be able to see what to lift, right? Um, so even though it may seem weak or it may seem vulnerable that this is your spiritual gift or that's the part you play, I cannot encourage you enough that you are crucial. The world needs what you have to offer, even if what you have to offer is not something that's impressive to you. So you have a God-given capacity to do the miraculous. You really do. Bold church, you have a God-given capacity to be a part of the miracle of what God is doing in people's lives. So how can you unlock it? It's actually quite simple. Uh, you, you're not gonna believe me because it's so simple, but frankly, <laughs> frankly, it's so simple you might not even try it, but I encourage you to, to muster up the courage to try this. I think it's genius. I think it's genius the way that God put it at our fingertips. Um, because the way that you unleash the power of the Spirit in your life is also the way that it regulates any of the arrogance and pride and selfishness that may come as a result of using your gifts in the world. Here it is in verse 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us, here it is, so we can help each other. That's it. So... Joseph, are you saying my gift is getting groceries for my incapacitated neighbor? Uh, is my gift like doing dishes for my mom? No. What I'm saying is those opportunities to serve people are the lab or the academy, to use that metaphor. Your unique gift, your knack, your charisma is the innate force that you bring to any role in which you serve, any title, any job. If you are willing to bring who you really are uh, to the benefit of the people around you, then you are going to bring your spiritual gift to anything that you're doing, whether it's getting the dishes or whether it's doing the dishes or sitting in the C-suite of the office. And it makes sense that this is how you uncover it because what God wants us to all see is the benefit that you could be to somebody else. And how would you know that if it's not awakened during acts of service? So as you serve you're going to find out what you're capable of because you're going to see how much you can benefit the world around you. Put simply in a different way, God doesn't reveal gifts, then you serve. God reveals gifts when you serve. Let me say it again. God doesn't reveal gifts, reveal gifts, then you serve. So you gotta figure out what profile you fit into and then you jump in the game. God is going to reveal gifts when you serve. During the act of service, you're going to start to notice ways that you uniquely benefit somebody else. They seek you out for it. They encourage you with it. They, you see fruit and results in their lives because you're bringing the thing that you uniquely can bring to an act of service. Now, you might have a hunch about what this is or you might not know what to call it. didn't fit neatly into one of these lists. That's okay. But I'll tell you this. The Spirit isn't going to show you how far your gift can go if you just keep it to yourself. It's just not gonna work. You know, imagine that somebody just blessed you with like family tickets to, to be on the next SpaceX trip into the cosmos. And it's you and like, you could bring three of your family or friends and they give it to you. You're the one who's like the, you get to steward these tickets. And then if you went to the SpaceX travel agent, which I think is the thing that's gonna exist one day, and then you converted the trip to just four trips for yourself. Like we would all look at you and be like, you selfish jerk, why would you do that? But it's really not that much different to realize that you have been given a gift that's meant to be experienced by so many people around you. 
but to only use it for your own selfish gain, your own notoriety, building your own platform is like containing something powerful all for yourself. And it actually makes your life smaller by doing that. To think that you exist to be served is absolutely absurd. And frankly, it's boring. It is super boring to be like, I exist to benefit my own life. It's kind of like saying God started a fire to warm the fireplace. That's ridiculous. If God isn't being noticed in a group of Jesus followers, let me just tell you this bold church, it isn't because the Spirit hasn't doled out gifts to each and every one of us. It's because individuals are not discovering how powerful they are by serving. That's why people can't see the miracle of God moving in a community because we've contained the gifts to ourselves. Every person is given a unique ability to draw attention to something. And it's possible that your life is meant to be drawing attention to God, not just to yourself. You have charisma built in. The gift is not meant just for you. God put it there because he loves you. And more importantly, at least for our perspective, God loves the people around you. He loves them so much that he put you in their life. And as you begin to awaken your spiritual gift, you're going to see what kind of an impact you can really have on the world around you. And people are going to come to you for more of it. They're going to be benefiting from it, and you will experience incredible satisfaction and joy. And yes, you will get to be a part of miracles. So what if God's given you something that the world needs? If you can just bring yourself to believe that even for just a moment today, what would you do about it? So I'm going to leave you with a couple simple ways to unlock that spiritual gift. The first one shouldn't be surprising based on what I just said. You unlock your superpower by serving. You don't have to do it within the bold community. That's, it's, that's an option for you. But I will say this, just in, in honor of this incredible thing that God is starting through Bold Church. Bold wants to give you a chance to give people a first impression. That's one of the opportunities to serve. They want to give you an opportunity to pray with people. They want to give you an opportunity to interact with kids who are the youngest generation coming up. They want to give you opportunities for so much benefit to the world around you. So go to the link in the description box below and you can find out more information about how you can jump in and begin to serve and begin to awaken the spiritual gifts that God has given you. As you serve, I guarantee you, your gift is going to emerge. You may not notice it. Um, so this is an invitation to pay attention to it. Your gift is gonna emerge and it's gonna grow. Because every so often, what's going to happen as you serve is you're gonna be exactly how God wanted to provide for somebody. Uh, it's not going to happen every time, but as you're serving, you're going to find your, your, yourself in these unique moments where you are God's perfect provision for a need that somebody has. So imagine what you might discover when you see your gifts light up somebody else's life. Imagine that. You don't have to stress about it. This isn't an invitation to like, you got to perfectly figure it all out and label it. No, you don't have to do that. Just act in love and that's going to reveal itself. It's gonna spark. And then that brings me to the second piece that will help you unlock and enhance your spiritual gift. Ask yourself and ask the people around you, what value do I seem to bring? So as you're serving, ask yourself and ask the people around you, what value do I seem to bring? What need would you call me for? Um, what do I seem to do? What do I do that seems to be really, really easy for me? But a little bit more difficult for other people. Are you noticing anything? Um, those answers are going to potentially be a clue for something that you can lean into more in your church and in your relationships and in your work, okay? 
Let me close with this. I think the real test of any church isn't determined by the quality of its online content. That's awesome. It's not determined by, it's not measured by the amount of people who show up on a weekend. That's incredible, of course. I think the real health of a church is determined by how many people are unlocking their spiritual gifts through serving in some way. On the other side of this screen is an assembly of miraculous encouragers and organizers and catalysts and advocates and donors and teachers and discerners and prophets. I'm, I'm convinced of it. You have been handcrafted with some exceptional ability to draw attention to God, not just to yourself. And you might not know it yet, but God cannot wait to open it up when you choose to love and when you choose to serve. I wanna pray for you. God, thank you so much that you have packed every life with the potential to change lives. Give us the courage, God, to step out, the faith to step out and begin to serve, even though the role doesn't feel like the perfect fit or we're not sure how our gifts could really help, but just to begin the process to, to become not an object that's in stasis, but an object in motion, moving towards the, the needs of other people. And God, also give us the curiosity to find out in what way we benefit people because what we are going to discover is not only are we meant to be a gift to the world around us, but we're going to discover how much you must love us and love the people around us because of the gifts that you're exercising through us. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for allowing us to participate in the great work you're doing in changing lives. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. We hope this message impacted you and inspires you to draw closer to Jesus. Subscribe to this podcast and give us a follow on Instagram at Centerset Church to keep up with all that God is doing in our community. Also, we'd love to be in prayer with you. If you have any prayer requests, please send them to info at centerset.church.